changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with an exciting new topic for today's podcast. It's Friend Friday, and today I'm pleased to bring back my friend Wendy Walker, who is a best-selling novelist in the new, very cool genre of psychological thrillers. She's also a Chicken Soup for the Soul author. She's co-authored how many books? Four books? Four, yeah. Yeah, four, yeah. four books with us. And she's actually joined me today on the floor of the National Association of Broadcasters Convention in New York City, instead of our normal little recording studio in Times Square. And my producer, Chad, is here with me today from Hangar Studios. And we're doing this right in the open on the convention floor. And Wendy, thanks for coming and joining me in New York at the Javits Center today. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting. So it's really cool that I'm interviewing you today because you actually fit very well into our new book that I've been talking about recently, which is Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone, because you totally stepped outside your comfort zone. I did. When you switched careers, which I did also. Yes. We both switched careers in a major way. Wendy is actually a former attorney, and she went to Georgetown Law School. She went to Brown undergrad. She went to Georgetown Law School. She worked as an attorney. She worked as a financial analyst at Goldman Sachs. And then she became a novelist. So tell us how it started. And then we're going to talk about your new novel, which I'm halfway through right now. Oh, good. So I won't give any spoilers. Yeah. Um, So I love this new word that people are using when you step outside your comfort zone in your career. And it's called pivoting. And even though it sort of sounds so benign, just a little pivot, a little turn, it's actually really traumatic sometimes to... Uh, to take that kind of leap, like jumping off off your your cliff when you were on vacation. Um, So I was motivated, though, by uh, being home with my kids. And I... Oh, wait. I don't know if that came out right. <laughs> you were home with your kids and you wanted to get out. No, yeah. Actually, no, you wanted to get I back know, in, that's right? Terrible. You wanted no, to get well, back no, in. I, w- I wanted to pivot so I could stay home with them. So um, after my first son was born, I knew I was going to take a little bit of time off, but I quickly realized that there was just no way I was going to start commuting back into the city and working long hours and not being with my child. And so I really had to reinvent myself. And I had never done anything creative before, but I just had this thing inside me that that liked to think about stories and tell stories. And I knew I was always that person that, you know, would stay a little bit longer and hear the end of the story and ask that friend, you know, one more time what that guy said to her and, you know, what, what that fight with her sister was about. So I knew that I had that in me, but I'd never sort of tapped into it um, in a professional capacity. And so I started writing. Uh, and that's what really motivated me. Uh, it ended up being a 17-year journey until I was able to write full-time as a career. Um, but, uh, but along that journey, um, I had a lot of other pivots. And I, and I had to sort of dig deep and stay with it. And that is really what now stays with me as I go forward in life. Whatever happens with my writing career, if I need to do another pivot, if I want to do another pivot, I have this feeling that, okay, like if you, if you jump off another cliff, you've done it once and you know you're going to land safely and you know what it's going to feel like. And so it's, uh, I'm so glad that I did it. Well, that's what we always say about stepping outside your comfort zone. The more you do it, 
the more capable you are of doing it again and knowing that it will work out and you become more and more resilient and resourceful and, and self-confident and knowledgeable about your ability to do all of these things. I yes. remember you started out writing your first novel in your minivan, surrounded by Cheerio dust outside of Starbucks. I did. So actually, I, when I started writing, I didn't really tell anybody because this is the other thing I think that that is so challenging about making a pivot or taking on a new adventure in your life is that um, you are almost afraid of what people who know you are going to think about it. Like, you're doing what? Especially That's since you had a you? law degree, yeah. right? And right? I, so yeah. you, I mean, your parents are immigrants, right? My or your mother my, is an immigrant? My pa- my parents were the first generation born in the, in the United States. Okay. So their parents were all immigrants. And so they were the first generation born here. Um, and my generation were the first ones to go to college. So there's been this slow, you know, march uh, towards the American dream. And I remember a little secret about you, which is that your mother sent your application to Brown for she you. She did, And yes. then you ended up going there. <laughs> yes, she did, exactly. Uh, and she sent in the acceptance as well. So I was going there before I even knew it. But it's this, um, I, I don't know, I, I feel like people put you sort of in a box as you get older, like you are this, you're the lawyer, and oh, you're the creative one, especially within our families, right? People have certain um, characteristics that they apply to each sibling and to each parent, and we sort of start relying on that in our families, and I was not the creative one. I was the, you know, the lawyer, the banker, very conservative. So I didn't tell anybody, and I started writing, and I would utilize the time my kids were in uh, preschool, and rather than drive home um, or, you know, and waste that time going back and forth or be seen by anyone inside the Starbucks, I would just get my coffee and sit outside in my minivan and work on my laptop. And eventually, you know, I told a few people and brought them into my uh, into my circle. But there was also this fear of failure. Now, what will people think if I tell them I'm doing this this thing and, and trying to make this big change, and then I fail? And then everyone's going to be asking me, how's it going? How's it going? I think that's another impediment to making these types of changes. I think you're right. So you did become a successful novelist because your very first novel was picked up by St. Martin's, which yes. is really a big deal to be picked up by a major publisher. And I hired you for Chicken Soup so yes. after you wrote that first novel because yes. I loved it. I actually loved your second novel also, even though I know you don't talk about those early <laughs> novels because then you changed genres. I did. And, um, yeah, and I know you have moved into this area of psychological thrillers. Yeah. So I'm reading your latest book right now. Well, as you know, I came to your, your book talk the other yeah. night and I bought your book and I started reading it. I think Sunday night, and I swear I've started going to bed earlier just because that's oh, my reading time. That's so nice. So every I love night to hear that. I read a little more, but I'm only about halfway through. Oh, I love to but hear it's that. Great. Thank you. All so about narcissists. It's, it's about, so interesting. It is about narcissists. So yeah, making this uh, this change from what I had been writing, which was what they call women's fiction. I actually don't like that uh, that uh, name of a genre because it's it's just fiction that is about predominantly women's lives. And that's what I had been living. So it was, again, comfortable for me. Um, I was able to come up with the stories. I was able to come up with the characters. And those books both got published, but they didn't really take off. So they, they didn't give me what I was starting to need as my kids got older and as I was a single mom, which was a steady income, a predictable income, 
uh, the ability to start saving for retirement. I was in my 40s. And so I went back to practicing law. And that was scary as well because I had not practiced for 14 years. And I imagined that I would have absolutely no idea what I was doing, that everyone would have moved on, you know, so far ahead of me. And I actually found that I was able to get back into it pretty quickly. And I practiced family law, which gave me all of this training in psychology and in the darker aspects of psychology and personality disorders. So when I got the the inkling to go back um, into writing uh, and I, you know, to keep trying at it, I found a new agent who suggested writing thrillers. And then those things, you know, had to come together. So going back into the law that gave me this training and then having this new agent suggesting this new genre, and I saw that opportunity to pivot again and make another change outside of my comfort zone that I'd created with women's fiction, and I wrote a psychological thriller. And now it's, I absolutely love it uh, and, uh, and working on my third right now. Yeah, I loved your, your first psychological thriller, All Is Not Forgotten. Yeah. That was great. We talked about it on the podcast about a year ago. Yes. And I'm loving this new one. And I know what you're talking about with psychological thrillers because it's like Girl on the Train. Yes. Gone Girl. It's all these novels you read where you start to realize that the narrator is not reliable yes. either. Yes. Like she might be just as messed up or yes. he might be just as messed up in the case of All is Not Forgotten as the other yeah. As the other characters in the novel. Yeah, and I actually had to go and figure out what a psychological thriller was because they kind of exploded while I was back practicing law. And I really wasn't reading that much fiction. I was, you know, had three kids and my job. And so when it was suggested to me, I had to go back and deconstruct what it was about these books that I, that was different from other thrillers, different from traditional suspense novels, and then take the story idea that I had and try to fit it into that method of telling the story. And now I love it. It gives, gives me a lot of tools to work with the plot. Uh, but I, I'll tell you this, this, this moment that I had when I, when I was told I had to switch genres, it was not like, oh, no problem. I actually cried for like two days because I had written a whole other women's fiction novel. I loved it. I you know, thought it was just going to sell and this was going to be it. And I had this great new agent. And after a year of revising it with her, so that's two more years invested, she told me that she didn't think it was going to really do, what, again, what I needed it to do. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. And I did. I cried. And this is... And the, how did she let you spend all those years on it? Weren't you a little bit peeved? Well, no. I mean, there, it was, you know, they just don't know. So you're writing, and then all of a sudden, she, you know, starts putting out some ticklers out in the market and is like, ooh, I'm not getting a good response. So they don't always know. and That is true, because with novels, yeah. you have to have it totally written, whereas yeah. with nonfiction, you can give them yes. one or two chapters right. and the outline for the whole book, and they'll shop it around just based on that, so you haven't wasted your time exactly. writing the whole thing. Exactly. And this is the thing about making a change like this. What I really thought to myself then was, I'm crying not because this might not work out, because I actually like practicing law. I just wanted the universe to tell me if it was going to work out, that if I did one more book, if I switched genres, and if I made this huge effort to write another novel, that it was going to work. I just wanted someone to tell me, yes or no, so I could decide where to put my efforts. And unfortunately, we don't 
the world doesn't work that way. Well, I and think it worked out because you sold All Is Not Forgotten <laughs> yeah. to a, a production company that includes Reese Witherspoon. Yes. What was amazing, when I, I remember when I, we got the first preemptive offer and it was clear that this book was going to give me a writing career. And then two days after we sold it, um, Reese Witherspoon's production company attached to it. Warner Brothers optioned it. We had 22 foreign language contracts. And, uh, and now Emma in the Night has um, a television uh, series interest, which wow. is absolutely thrilling. And hopefully we'll, we'll have concrete news to announce about that uh, soon. But yeah, so it's really, it, it has worked out. But uh, but it was not uh, it was not a straight path. It was not uh, it was not always easy. And that's why you say outside the comfort zone because it is extremely uncomfortable to do these things. But then you know they can actually have a happy ending. Well, that is great. I know we have a lot of aspiring writers out there listening to yes. us. So for those of you who want to read Wendy's latest book. It's called Emma in the Night. It's about these two teenage girls who disappear from their suburban home, and then one of them returns three years later with a bizarre story about kidnapping and isolation in this mysterious island, and I don't know the ending, so I can't be the spoiler because I'm only halfway through, but I am finding it absolutely fascinating. I'm so thrilled, and it deals with... Narcissistic Personality Disorder, which is um, what I try to do in my books uh, to make them a little bit different than other psychological thrillers, is to really bring in my knowledge of real uh, psychological conditions. And narcissism is a very specific condition um, that's very different than what most people think it is. And the book really deconstructs the actual illness. So if people are interested in that, you'll, 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 get, it. you'll get a good dose of it in Emma in the Night. I read the whole description, and I immediately recognized the behavior <laughs> in somebody who's in the news these days. Oh, yes. I get a lot of that. <laughs> yes. It was really amazing. Yeah. So, Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today at the NAB convention a very unusual place for us to be recording the podcast. You can learn more about Wendy and all her books at wendywalkerbooks.com. Thanks for listening to the podcast today and come back Monday for more inspiration. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving and acts of kindness and how a family received a whole freezer full of food just when they needed it.